Hello, 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 everyone, everyone, everyone. Uh, welcome to a brand new episode of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Tim Bridgewater. Uh, of course, I hosted two other podcasts. If you're interested in checking that stuff out, uh, one is called Geekly Dose. We talked about everything geek. Also, Republic City Report, a Legend of Korra podcast. So if that's a show that you haven't seen yet, maybe thinking about getting into, which I highly recommend that you do. Uh, you can check out that podcast. They're both still up on iTunes as well as Stitcher Radio. Uh, yeah, so check those out. Once again, uh, we're kind of still kind of coming off the episode 25 uh, spectacular where it was almost two hours and I had a guest host, Steven Ocentelli, and we talked about Dragon Ball Super. We talked about Dragon Ball Z. Uh, we reviewed Spider-Man Homecoming. I mean, it's just all sorts of epic shit. <laughs> in that episode so if you have not had a chance to check that out make sure you carve a little time in your day for that uh be perfect for a drive out of town or a lunch break or something like that it's kind of been a pretty good uh, decent runtime there and i think people will enjoy enjoyed having a longer one and then right after that bam we came back with episode 26 which was super short but <laughs> i mean you know it's it's kind of like after coming off a two-hour episode that i felt like having a 30-minute one wouldn't be the worst thing because uh, it wasn't really much to talk about last episode anyway uh, except for how terrible the episode was um, so hopefully we'll see things a little bit differently this time i want to remind you uh head over to facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast like that page uh send me a message send me an email for our segment called what are you saying uh that's where i take your questions comments concerns etc um and i read it I read it on air on the podcast and i answer it and we talk about it that being said i do have an email for this episode so i will get to that in a second i want to let everyone know that i was uh lucky enough to be a guest this week on the asia mania podcast um, so that's something you should definitely check out. Uh, shout out to Ben Wyatt over at Asia Mania. Um, he invited me on the show. We talked a little bit about everything. I mean, we went almost two hours. So once again, I know I have a lot of listeners that like lengthy podcasts. So you get <laughs> two hours of me and Ben talking about everything from Rock the Dragon, the podcast, uh, my previous two podcasts, uh, some of the projects that I've done, the things that I've created, some of the movies that I've made and been in and wrote and directed and whatever else also just a lot of pop pop culture stuff in terms of geek that are current right now we talked about uh, some some current movie news we talked about some tv show news we talked about some video games we talked about the passing of a legendary vocalist chester bennington who was one of my favorite vocalists so uh there's a lot of stuff in that episode so once again check out the asia mania podcast that's uh, episode 188 if you're having trouble finding it uh, head over to the Facebook page. There's a link. Just scroll down a little bit. I, I linked directly to it, but it's de it's definitely available on iTunes as well as uh, Podbean.com. So, uh, thanks to Ben once again for having me. I had a great time. Oh, and we also reviewed the Raid Two Barandal. So, if you're a fan of martial arts films, first of all, you want to subscribe to the Asia Mania podcast because they <laughs> they always talk about those. You know, most of the episodes end with a review of a film like that. And we talked about the Raid 2 Barandal, one of the greatest martial arts action films of the modern times, for sure, in my opinion. So a lot of stuff out there for you to check out. Once again, thanks to Ben for having me on for that. Uh, Ben's actually all the way out in Australia. Most of you guys know I'm in the United States. So uh, a lot of international uh, hosting and, and co-hosting and, and, and stuff going on here. So uh, very thrilled to be a part of that. Make sure you check it out. 
now with that being said uh i don't think there's anything else i need to touch on here oh there is actually uh speaking of itunes okay it's been a while since i've gotten a review you guys you guys have listened to me enough now to know that i'm never going to stop talking about it so <laughs> you might as well head over there and leave me a review uh especially after that epic 25th episode right um but here's what i wanted to mention though um it stands to reason that I may have, and this I was kind of reminded of this, thanks to Ben, okay, because Ben actually checked out the podcast and everything uh, from Australia, is that I do have listeners from other countries. Now, when you guys go into your iTunes, if you if you decide to leave me a review, I'm not going to be able to see it, right? Because my iTunes is set for the United States. Your iTunes may be set for the UK or Australia or wherever you are in the world. So I may not see your review. So you may need to let me know that you that you did it. So if you left me a review from another country outside of US, just send me an email, screenshot the screenshot the review, send me an email, let me know that you did it, and I'll read it on the I'll read it on the podcast. Because um, I don't want to you know it seem like I'm ignoring you guys. I just don't see those. That's a problem that I ran into in Republic City Report. Um, I found out that I had one or two listeners that were or a couple well, more than one or two, a few listeners uh, in other countries. And I, I didn't realize I had to actually switch over to a different setting in iTunes in order to be able to see those reviews. So just to make that process a lot easier, you guys can just email me at rockthedragonpodcast.com. Let me know that you sent that email. I mean, I'm sorry that you left that review and I'll read it. I'll read it. Uh, so thanks again for everybody who's been showing support so far. Obviously. You know, I need it. Okay, so I appreciate it. Okay, so with that being said, we're going to jump into what are you saying for this week? Um, so the Andrew, uh, the Andrew, the first, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead of myself. Uh, the pot, the, the, gosh, the email that I have here is from Andrew, one of my listeners that I know for a fact is in another country. So Andrew, thank you as always for listening. Um, yeah, so Andrew sent me an email and it says, hola, Tim. First off, I wanted to say great job on episode 25. Your impressions were spot on and the idea was much more creative than anything I could have come up with. And it's good to hear that you're drawing in more new listeners with each week. If it is any if it is any encouragement to you, I think if Super ever improves, you'll get a whole lot more new listeners from people actually being interested. On an unrelated note, was No Centelli the one who was your producer on Republic City Report? His name is extremely familiar outside of Geekly Dose, but I can't remember if that's where it's from. Uh, I'll just answer that really quickly since uh, it actually kind of changes topics after these questions. So, uh, Andrew, thanks a lot for the compliments, man. I, you know, I, though, once again, if, if that's something else I mentioned in episode 25 is were the impressions. OK, I did. I did 25 Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z uh, super character impressions. Uh, there is a little taste of that in episode 25 of the podcast, but there's also a video of me doing all of those on Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon podcast. So if that's something you're interested in and you want to get a kick out of it, go over there. You can see the video. It's pretty easy to find. Um, and let's see. You asked about. OK, so Stephen Nocentelli. Right. So Stephen um, was my co-host on on Geekly Dose. Um, but. That's about it. <laughs> so I'm not sure where else you I may have mentioned him. Uh, the producer on Republic City Report was Jesse Sedgley. So he he was the one who he was the first voice you heard. He was 
he would introduce me at the beginning of every episode. Um, and he was also sort of our third co-host on Geekly Dose. Uh, so every time you heard that third voice on there who would chime in every now and then, that was Jesse. He was the producer. So if you heard of Steven somewhere outside of Geekly Dose, I don't know where else. I mean, that's pretty much the main thing he and I have collaborated on publicly that actually sort of lasted a while. Um, so I'm not sure what else that could have been. OK, back to your email. So I decided to watch episode 26 after staying with your podcast just to see what I thought of it after skipping the last 15 episodes. Can't say I was too impressed. I did notice Krillin's noodle arm and remember thinking, I bet Tim will mention that. That didn't specifically bother me, but I would definitely agree that there just doesn't feel like the situation with Frieza is particularly tense. Last time there was an exploding planet with literally no other life forms. I'm wondering if the, the villain tension in the future is ever going to be even a little bit legitimate. Also, I would really like it if they would stop introducing new power levels or transformations every saga. I think it would be a much better narrative if they came up with new ways to create a threat. An army invasion of Earth with thousands of powerful villains, a villain with a neat trick or some form of mind control, maybe. Anything besides the same recycling that they're doing. If they're introducing this multiple universe idea, I think it would actually be cool if there was an alternate universe where Planet Vegeta was not destroyed and those Saiyans would then attack Earth. Not one or two Saiyans like Raditz or Nappa, but hundreds. Something like that could create an interesting moral dilemma for the Saiyans and half Saiyans and hopefully lead to some meaningful character development and not just the same old, same old. It's possible that idea is what is behind the Goku Black thing in future episodes, but anything else will be good at this point. I didn't think this was the worst episode ever, but it just felt kind of boring to me. Glad you're not letting it phase you too much, though. I'm forgetting. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, let's see. For my question for you, which character do you wish they would give more airtime to? I personally would like to see Android 18 be useful because I don't think they've ever really used her in combat unless there is something from the Boo Saga that I'm forgetting. And I would think that she is capable of being stronger if they had Android 17 get stronger in GT. How about you? Thanks and keep it up, Andrew. Andrew, as always, thanks so much for the emails. Uh, let's see if I can get in here and kind of break your email apart in a little bit. Yeah, obviously, yeah, I mean... Episode 26 was just easily one of the worst, if not the worst, uh, episode of the entire series, in my opinion. Um, so I definitely agree with all of that. Uh, and I also agree that, you know, that the, they haven't been doing a particularly good job of making Frieza feel like he's an actual threat in this in this uh, series. That kind of changes with episode 27, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Um but yeah, you're just kind of, you know, you're throwing in ideas about how you think things can be better with future episodes. Uh, and yeah, so if there was something, I mean, I'm definitely down with that. And and the multiple universe idea does open up the possibility for all sorts of new things that we haven't seen before. Uh, you mentioned here, it'd be cool if there's an alternate universe where Vegeta was not destroyed. I obviously don't know much about the multiple universes that we're about to get into. Uh, I do know that there's at least seven of them. Uh, so I don't know if they're considered to be alternate or just additional universes. Right. So I don't know if we'll get something that's like universe. Which universe is Earth? 
7, I guess. I, I, forget, I forget which one. I mean, I, I, they mentioned it. So I don't know if we'll get like an alternate versions of that or if they'll just be different universes because, you know, sort of a mild spoiler alert here. And you kind of talk about something here with Goku Black. Uh, obviously, I haven't watched the Japanese dub, but many of my listeners have. So you guys already know who that is. <laughs> and I, I I'll tell this is all I know about Goku Black. He's he's an evil version of Goku. OK, I don't know why or how or any of that. I do know he does some pretty fucked up stuff, stuff that I just couldn't uh, avoid being spoiled on. And I'm not going to say it here, um, but I don't see. I don't know if that's an alternate universe version of Goku or if that's just an evil creation that came from another universe or was created on Earth or what. But I do know that there is a female Super Saiyan that comes along later on. Okay, and from what I understand, she's not from the same universe as everyone else uh, because she couldn't be right. I mean, there are no more Saiyans and the only female Saiyan we have now is Baby Pan. And the series doesn't progress far along enough, at least at this point, to where Pan grows up. So it can't be her. Um, so it seems like they're definitely going to be experimenting with at least uh, this, these, these, all these additional universes, I'll just say for now. So, um, I guess, I guess we'll find out. Uh, so let's see. Okay. For your question, which character do I feel they should give more airtime to? Hmm. You know, this is tricky because so many of these characters have kind of taken the back seat. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I was talking to Ben Wyatt on the Asia mania podcast and he actually, um, when he decided he wanted to get into Dragon Ball Z, he said he wanted to start from the very beginning. Okay. And you can hear him talk more about this over there, but he went back to the beginning of Dragon Ball, like the original Dragon Ball. So he's starting there. Okay. Which I was like, man, you're stronger than me. Cause I don't know if I could watch a lot of that stuff now, but he's going all the way back to the original Dragon Ball. And he's going to start from there and just kind of work his way through that. And then, then through Z. I recommend that he skip GT, but if he just wants to kind of see that just to, for the hell of it, why not? And honestly, G at, at this point, Dragon Ball Super, you know, Dra Dragon Ball GT is probably better. And, I, you know, I, I <laughs> trust me, it pains me to say that. But at, certainly in terms of animation and art, GT was pretty incredible. I mean, you could say whatever you want about story stuff, but the show looked awesome. I mean, it's probably the best it ever looked because by that point, they had all the character designs down. Technology had progressed far enough and all that kind of stuff to where they could actually get this stuff done well. But <laughs> my point was, is that he, he mentioned that his favorite character is Yamcha. Well, that's because he's been watching Dragon Ball, right? <laughs> he doesn't know that Yamcha becomes way less significant in Dragon Ball Z. So my point is, is that there's been a lot of characters that have played important roles in the past, but have been in the background um, and from what, I, from what I understand, you know, they're going to change some of that. Now, if I had to pick one right now, just based on what I've been seeing in Super, I'd honestly say Videl. And that's probably a weird choice, but <laughs> only because I, I miss the Videl that that we got uh, toward the end of Dragon Ball Z, you know, where she was Mr. Satan's daughter and she was fighting crime and all that. I mean, don't get me wrong. She had a baby, so she can't really do all that stuff anymore. But I, I, I would love to see her be brought back to the forefront to some extent and for them to do something creative with her. 
um, just, you know, just to just so she won't be come just as a, a, a sort of housewife uh, stereotype now, you know, so. Yeah, I would say Videl. I mean, it'd be nice to, for her to get some attention again. I don't want to see anything like her become as strong as everybody else. I mean, that you know, <laughs> I don't need to see that. But they could somehow find a better way to involve her in the story, even if it's not in fighting-wise. You know, because I actually really like that character. And in Super, she just kind of becomes sort of this Stepford wife, you know, robot. <laughs> so I would like to see that happen. Okay. Um, but yeah, you want to see Android 18 be useful? Um, that could happen. Who knows? I mean, you know, it's not impossible. They could always find some kind of freaking way to give her a power boost. You know how they, <laughs> you know how they do it in this universe. They could always figure out something to make her just as strong as everyone else. All of a sudden, um, Dragon Ball is notorious for coming up with ways to boost people's power in the very last second so i guess we'll see anyway andrew thanks a lot for sending that email uh once again if you want to be included on what he is saying send me an email at rock the dragon podcast at gmail.com now with that being said uh it's time to switch over to the episode talk so of course this episode of dragon ball super uh episode 27 is going to cover uh let me rewind that for a second this episode of rock the dragon podcast (laughs) episode 27 is going to cover episode 27 of dragon ball super uh which is titled what was the title something something spoilerific i remember that okay yeah the earth explodes a decisive kamehameha um yeah you know what we'll talk more about that title in a little bit (laughs) okay but for now let's just get into the episode so uh, you know what? I have to say this. I have to say this. Uh, I actually enjoyed this episode, guys. Can you believe that? I feel like it's been four or five episodes since I could say I actually enjoyed something. Uh, this episode wasn't bad. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. I mean, it was it was a slight improvement in animation. OK, not everything looked terrible in this. Not all of it looked great or good, but it was definitely improvement over the last few episodes. And I I got to say, I mean, I really did enjoy this episode. Now, it wasn't perfect. And I'll get into the breakdown of all of that in a minute. But I for I honestly, this was a very good way to end the Frieza arc. And I can say I laughed. I can say I got emotional. I can say um everything i mean just the way everything played out was more or less pretty good here so so let's get into it okay so the episode uh obviously picks up off where the previous one left off at and that is vegeta has just jumped into the fight to uh sort of save goku you know and he has his own (laughs) reasoning for that he's saying that you know kakarot is maybe a pain in my ass but uh, I need him as a reason to keep me motivated and to keep me training and keep me, you know, give me a reason to get stronger. And, you know, that that could be bullshit or it could be the truth. You know, I'm sure he's developed some affection for Goku by now. I mean, you know, but he's Vegeta. He'd never admit that. Um, so, yeah, he doesn't waste any time. He kind of goes in there and jumps in front of him and says, hey, you know what? You, you, you're a fool. Once again, you didn't you ignore Whis's warnings. It's you know, you, you can't be this soft anymore. And I'm hoping that Goku himself finally learns a lesson from this, too. Uh, so Vegeta kind of jumps in there. 
Uh, he, you know, he kicks he kicks Goku over to Gohan and Krillin so he can give him a Sensu Bean. Once again, you know, if somebody would have, gosh, I mean, what were they waiting on to give him a Sensu Bean? They're going to stand there and watch him get killed <laughs> instead of rushing over there to give him a Sensu Bean. Now, you could say that, well, Frieza would have just stopped him, but it's like, isn't it worth a shot? Otherwise, he's going to kill everybody. So I just I don't understand when they, they show up to the battlefield with Sensu Beans. And, but they don't do anything about it. You know, Gohan was on the brink of death. <laughs> Gohan was... No, sorry. Gohan was on the brink of death. Goku was on the brink of death. Uh, Piccolo actually died. You know, it's like, you know, you got Sensu Beans. Let's put them to use. Uh, so they kick him over. And, and, and Frieza tries to stop them from, from giving him a, a Sensu Bean. But then Vegeta kind of deflects the blast and everything. And he deflects one of the blasts directly into Commander Sorbet's chest. So that's it for him. <laughs> he pretty much goes down and, you know, there's a little dramatic sort of moment there where he says, Lord Frieza, you know, and he just kind of falls over and dies. Uh, but they do manage to get Goku the, uh, the Sensu Bean. So, well, he's back. And, you know, once again, obviously Sensu Beans aren't anything new. That's a very established thing that leads back all the way to Dragon Ball, I'm sure. Uh, but when those things are around, it's hard to... Uh, be nervous, right? It's hard to, it, it kind of hurts the tension a little bit because you're saying, well, they're just going to give them a sensu bean. Um, and I forget what the rules are with the sensu beans. They don't always have them. And sometimes uh, Corrin has to grow more and, <laughs> you know, they, they try to put rules on these kinds of things. And sometimes they forget their own rules, but, you know, he, he gets up. Okay. So Vegeta jumps into the fight. Now, um, once again, not a big secret here. Uh, Vegeta is Super Saiyan Blue, so they don't really waste any time getting into this. I mean, you know, he, he and Frieza kind of have a brief little conversation and then he more or less just says, you know, uh, you know, I mean, he more or less just powers up. He just kind of goes into it, uh, which is cool, you know, I mean, because at this point, everyone's pretty much waiting for this arc to be over so at this you know i don't they move super fast this episode but i almost didn't mind because i'm like you know what let's just let's just <laughs> let's just get it done so within you know the first minute or two he's already powering up the super saiyan blue uh the transformation looks pretty good a lot of like goku's with the blue energy kind of breaking away from his body i really like that um the only thing that that is kind of weird but we we expected this and I was hoping to get a better explanation than we got in Resurrection F, which we really didn't. And they kind of mention it. And Goku just says, yeah, he reads Super Saiyan Blue. But unlike me, he didn't need the help of the other Saiyans to do it. He had to figure out his own way to do it. Well, doesn't that kind of kill the entire significance <laughs> of Super Saiyan God and the whole ritual if you don't need to do it? I mean... You know, it just really seems like a typical Dragon Ball sort of a thing to where they wanted Vegeta to be able to keep up with Goku, but they didn't feel like doing that whole ritual again. So somewhere in his in his time training with with Beerus and Whis, he achieved it. And not only that, he achieved Super Saiyan Blue. Uh, I wish we would have gotten some kind of explanation or we wouldn't have got we would have been able to see when it first happened or something. But at this point, I guess we should just be grateful that we even getting any sort of acknowledgement of it at all um but yeah so he's super saiyan blue and here he is um once again you know we all kind of knew this was coming if you watch resurrection f or uh if you just watch the damn opening credits to dragon ball super 
So, uh, and let's not forget at, at this point, freeze is more or less still losing energy. Okay. So there's no reason to think here that this is going to be any sort of a challenge for Vegeta. Um, and, and, and if it is, well, Goku's now back to full strength too. So at this point we're thinking, Hey, uh, this fight's pretty much one and we get, so we get, a, you know, I mean, but we do get a, they don't, they don't go directly to the, you know, the climactic end. We do get a little resistance from Frieza and, and Vegeta being his usual sort of, you know, arrogant self. And instead of just finishing him off, he's kind of taking it a little bit slowly and trying to make him look bad and shit. Uh, but that's a very Vegeta like thing to do. But a lot of this animation doesn't look that bad during that fight. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it may be some of the best we've gotten uh, out of the Frieza arc. Now, like once again, a lot of that Beerus stuff when they were in outer space looked great. So I, you know, no complaints there. This may be some of the best stuff I think we've gotten out of the Frieza arc. Um, so yeah, you know, Vegeta's kind of just saying, hey, you know, your time's up, Frieza. <laughs> there, there, there's no reason. I mean, there's, obviously there's some talking going on here, and of course we jump to the sidelines every now and then. Um, but Vegeta's more or less just kind of showing that, you know, how much more powerful he is than Frieza, just kind of beating him up and tossing him around. Frieza's doing his usual sort of saying hating spewing spewing his hate <laughs> uh that he does against the Saiyans because well i mean gosh that's that's the that's the race that he oppressed for the longest time and like he he tried to wipe all of them out so it's just bittersweet to him uh and kind of ironic that his he would meet his end at the at the hands of yet another saying because let's let's remember here goku beat his ass and damn near killed him uh then trunks sliced his ass up killed him and now he's back and he's about to lose to vegeta so uh, a lot of his anger here is is, is pretty well uh is, is pretty warranted <laughs> so uh at some point vegeta beats him down so you know and he loses his power and he, he loses his golden form so we're thinking, you know, hey, at this point, well, at least if we, well, if we, if we didn't watch Resurrection F, you should be thinking, it's over, man, that's it. Uh, but of course, no, it's not, right? Because right when Vegeta's about to blow him away, Frieza says something along the lines of, you know what, I'll take you all to hell with me or something like that. And in a desperate attempt, because remember, this is Frieza's thing, he can't just lose, right? Because he's such a spoiled brat. He has to try to destroy everything. So in typical Frieza form, he does that here in a span of a few seconds. He touches the ground, sort of re releases this shock wave of energy and uh, he blows up the planet. And we get this really sort of uh, really well done sequence where we we see the other characters. We see Android 18 and Marin. We see Chi Chi. We see Videl and Pan, you know. We cut to them at the same time we're watching this this energy blast spread across across the planet. And it's very it's very well done. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm watching this and I'm like, all right, like there's still some hope left for this show after all, <laughs> because it was emotional and it worked for me. It worked. It really did. I mean, and to say that it worked for me, even though I'd already seen Resurrection Health and I knew what was going to happen after this, it was it was a job well done. And that shot of the planet blowing up looked incredible so 
No complaints about that. Now, where my complaints do come in at, and I said I would come back around to this, is the title of the episode, right? The title, The Earth Explodes, A Decisive Kamehameha. <sighs> now, here's the thing. Let's just pretend for a second. Let's just let's just imagine that we're in a world <laughs> where none of us have seen Resurrection F. Uh, so we don't know what's going to happen during this episode. And not only that, the episode isn't titled something like that. Maybe it's just called uh, a, a, a battle to the finish. Uh, Frieza loses or something. I don't know. Imagine that you didn't know that the earth was going to explode already. And that moment happened where there was no warning. Frieza didn't sit his ass there and talk about it for five minutes first, like he normally does. He's not charging up a big ass death ball just in a, as a last ditch effort. He surprises them and then he surprises us as the audience, puts his hand on the ground and blows up the earth before anyone has a chance to do anything about it. Could you imagine how much more emotionally impactful that moment would have been I can't help but think about that I can't help but think about what my reaction to that would have been had I not seen Resurrection F and had that title not been so damn spoilerific I would have been sitting there my mouth hanging open like holy shit he just blew up the planet all of a sudden and at this point in the series we don't know that Whis can turn back time okay they haven't mentioned that on the show yet that's on that's, that's you know I knew that because I saw Resurrection F but that, this is what I'm saying. That there's a whole level of emotional impact that was lost and missed out on because of the fact that that title says that and because I saw the movie. So even if you were someone who didn't watch the movie, you still knew that the earth was going to blow up because of the damn title. I just don't I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how in Japan it is like a thousand percent acceptable to name the episode stuff like that. And now for some reason Funimation decides they're just going to keep those Japanese titles instead of changing them so they can take the spoilers out please take the spoilers out if anyone at Fun if anyone at Funimation by any chance hears this podcast please stop doing that because up until this point for me it's been okay because I saw Battle of Gods and I saw Resurrection F okay but from this point on from this episode on I don't really know what happens and I'm excited I mean, you know, outside of the, the few spoilers that I couldn't avoid regarding future sagas, but I don't I don't know any much details about those other than what I kind of stumbled upon on accident. But for the most part, I don't know what's going to happen. So I don't want to get to a point to where I decide to just not even look at the title of the episode until after I watch it, just so I won't be spoiled, because right now I'm considering doing that. I'm considering just not even looking at the title and just being like, just I'll just close my eyes at that part of the episode, you know? Because it's just, it's such a spoiler. And that, that moment would have been so satisfying for someone who didn't see Resurrection F and, and didn't read the title. Because they wouldn't have known that it was happening. I mean, you know. But with all of that being said, it was still a successful moment. Okay? I still, it still affected me emotionally, which was good. Which was good. And I, I wasn't sure that that, that was going to happen. And it did. And I think them showing the family members and everything kind of getting wiped out. Uh, help that a lot. So the planet blows up, and we go back to uh, we. But I, I forgot to mention this. But slightly, shortly before it blew up, Weiss put a 
uh, Beerus reaches over to Whis and says, okay, now Whis, or something like that, and uh, puts a big force field around the Z fighters, okay? Everybody who's on the sideline. Not Vegeta, though, because Vegeta was right next to Frieza. So there's really nothing they could have done for him. But Master Roshi and Boma and Jaco and Tian and Gohan and Goku. Uh, so they're all safe. Um, but we get this we get this pretty cool emotional moment to where Krillin's like Marin, 18, and Gohan's like Videl, Pan, you know, they now it doesn't last very long. Okay, because Whis almost immediately mentions, hey, uh, how about a do-over or or something? And they're like, wait a second, what? And then he mentions he can turn back time. So my own I think my the my biggest the biggest thing that I didn't like about this episode was that I almost wish they would have let it this linger a little bit longer i think you know emotionally in terms of of the emotional impact of it it probably would have been better for them to just sit for a minute before they immediately got the resolution right um but then again i don't know because then we would have been like well we knew he could turn back time the entire time and why didn't he say something so maybe they did handle it the right way um but it's still it still works so he mentions that he can turn back time and we see this flashback to a uh, previous time whenever they went on Beerus's planet Beerus sneezed he blew up the little moon or whatever that is and Whis mentioned a do-over just to kind of you know remind us that this didn't come completely out of the blue even though they didn't explain it completely before um, but it's, it's cool he mentions that you know he, he that's how he returns their planet back to normal whenever Beerus accidentally destroys something is that he turn he turns back time now he also mentions here which is very important <laughs> and especially in the Dragon Ball world where rules are very hard to follow and remember is that he can only turn back time three minutes and after he does it he can't do it again for a while okay now I don't doubt for one second that they're going to find a way to break those rules in the future. <laughs> but for now, we're just going to say, OK, that's what we need to know for this specific situation. So he tells him that he says, you know, I can take you back three minutes and but you have to you have to destroy Frieza is the only way. So they do it. He, he, he rewinds time and then Goku ends up back and everyone ends up back on the planet, uh, kind of in the same position they were in before. Uh, we're kind of taken back through everything in this very cool sort of rewind sequence, which looks very good. No complaints there. Um, so we're taken back about, you know, I mean, you know, it's really a couple of seconds, our time. But I guess we just were supposed to kind of, you know, believe that time is passing more faster where they are or something. So, you know, moments before Vegeta raises his hand to unleash that blast. Uh, and we get to see Goku power up really quickly. And he flies over there in a very uh, emotionally and energetic uh, moment that is very well done. And Sean Schimmel's acting here is incredible. Uh, he flies over and he just blasts the shit out of Frieza. And it's great. And I can't complain about it. <laughs> I can't. It's actually not bad at all. Um, so yeah, he does that, and Vegeta's like, wait, what? And he tell, you know, Goku tells Vegeta to move, and he just blasts the shit out of Frieza. And Frieza's pretty much wiped out. He's wiped out. Um, and then after that, the smoke clears, and, and Goku's like, okay, well, that worked out. And Vegeta, <laughs> Vegeta's completely confused, because he's thinking, hey, wait a second, you told me I could fight Frieza. What the hell just happened, man? Like, you weren't, you weren't supposed to jump in. So then we kind of, you know, they cut, they cut to later on. 
instead of instead of having uh, you know instead of us having to watch Goku retell him everything that happened this is a very common sort of thing in film and movies and TV they just trying to cut to another scene that's at the end of the conversation with just a little bit of a clarification from Vegeta but it's very funny because he said something like uh, so Kakarot was able to go back in time just to make me look like a fool or something and I laughed I fucking laughed out loud when he said that <laughs> it was very well done I mean the, I, this was probably the best written episode I think they had in a long time um, so yeah you know and then that happens they thank Beerus and Weiss and you know she's saying Bulma saying I'm gonna throw you guys a feast for, for helping us out here uh, so the episode kind of ends on a good note um, now Goku does mention the fact that you know just to for them to address this he goes back to the Kami's lookout to get Goten and Trunks uh, and he also kind of at some point gets the balls the Dragon Balls from Namek and wishes Piccolo back to life okay so that all of that we're just kind of supposed to assume that all that happened because the next time we see him Piccolo's there um, but we do get a moment where Gohan runs home and he, and, he, and he hugs Videl and Pan. He says, you know, I love you guys. I wish they I wish he would have kissed her. <laughs> Is that weird? Because there's just, just never any sort of like kissing in Dragon Ball. You know, Goku and Chi Chi never kiss. You never see any of these characters that are supposed to be in love with each other kiss. And I mean, it's not like I'm sitting back like, you know thinking oh my god i just wish they'd kiss already it's just one of those things that i feel like would make the moments mean so much more when you see that love uh play out you know so i just wish they would do that i don't know what's so damn difficult about it <laughs> okay even avatar the last airbender which was on nickelodeon had kissing in it all right i don't know why dragon ball feels like they can't do it anyway uh yeah so you know there's a big feast going on everybody's there they're, they're getting some some good Japanese cuisine going. Um, Beerus and Whis are enjoying themselves, having some food. We, we get some funny moments between them where you're saying that, you know, I hope you haven't been sneaking around behind my back eating this food the entire time. It was just funny. It was funny. It, it actually played out really well, a lot of this stuff. And uh, Jaco's there, of course. And in, in what must have been one of my most favorite moments of of <laughs> of the series so far is we see Goten and Trunks and uh, they're saying how they kind of wish they would have gotten a chance to take part in the battle. And Trunks makes this comment about uh, slicing down Frieza. And then everyone at the table just kind of stops for a second and just kind of looks around at each other and laughs. Now, at first, I didn't get it. I mean, trust me, it didn't take long. I, re I was like, what did I miss? Because maybe I, like, maybe I just wasn't listening to what Trunks was saying, right? So I, re I rewinded it, and I was like, holy shit. They, they did that because they were referencing future Trunks. Because in the future, Trunks actually does slice Frieza up. And I thought that was so cool. Like, it's that kind of writing that we need more of in this series. I mean, that was, that was just, it was just, it was funny. It made sense. It tied everything together. It was legit. It was in canon. It was, the continuity was there. Everything about that was good. And their reaction to it was good, too. So I appreciated that. And I mean, they, they really did like the their attempts at humor in this on this episode. Uh, definitely, definitely landed for me. Now, one of the coolest things about this 
part of the of the episode is when Gohan goes up to Piccolo and he says, hey, I'm sorry. You know, what happens to you happened because of me. And Piccolo was like, you know, don't worry about it. And Gohan, this is the return of the Gohan that we've all been wanting, right? Because we've all been ever since GT happened and, you know, the very end of Z and of certainly the beginning of Super, everyone's been like, gosh, man, what the fuck happened to Gohan? <laughs> Why is he such a wimp now? Why is he such a nerd? Why did he stop training? Well, here we go. This was the turning point, I'm hoping, because he says, hey, Piccolo, will you train me? You know, I've, I've been slacking off and he realized, you know, he came super close to losing his new family. And so in that in that case, hey, I appreciate it. If 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 this entire thing with Gohan, with him being a weakling and all that stuff was to better serve his uh, arc character arc in terms of deciding they need to train again, that I'm all for it, all for it. And sometimes you kind of have to wait for those things to pay off for you to truly understand and appreciate stuff. So if that's what's going on here, great, awesome. My only question is, is that why is he going to Piccolo <laughs> to train him? I mean, gosh, I mean, obviously Piccolo was like his first trainer, but you know, I mean, your dad would be the obvious choice, wouldn't it? I mean, he's the strongest freaking saying alive pretty much i mean why wouldn't you go to him but no it's it's okay though because it makes it makes gohan different and it's always made gohan different because he's always trained differently from them you know and i think that 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 plays into part of the the reason why uh he was able to do the mystic gohan thing or the ultimate gohan thing he he kind of he tends to have different routes of training and paths to power than vegeta and goku do so there's something cool about that and having Piccolo as his trainer kind of helps with that. So we even get a little bit of a comedic moment between Goku and Vegeta. Uh, and Vegeta even smiles at him. So, hey, this is progress. Now, <laughs> uh, at the very end of the episode, you know, we go back down and we see that Frieza's now back in hell. Uh, the same hell he was in before. I feel like it should be worse this time for some reason. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. It just seems to be the same. Uh, but it's okay because you know what? It's funny. It's funny. Uh, and that is more or less how this episode ends. And I gotta say, I enjoyed this episode. I mean, it still had its problems in terms of art and animation in some places. But all in all, it was definitely the best episode of this entire saga of the Frieza arc, in my opinion. Um, just because everything was paced out pretty well. There was plenty of action. There was good humor. It was very emotional. There were stakes, <laughs> you know, like I actually did feel bad when he blew that planet up all of a sudden and because we got to see everyone else. So it, it, it got to me emotionally in that way. And uh, and I laughed out loud several times. I mean, I, I don't you know, what, what more could you want from an, from an episode? Right. So a uh, very great end to uh, otherwise terrible arc, in my opinion. Uh, what do you think about it? What are you saying? Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts because uh, we're about to jump into a brand new saga here soon. I don't know if there's going to be any filler episodes or not before we get into it, but uh, it's about to get interesting. And uh, I don't think they're going to be taking a break. I remember, you know, remember when Dragon Ball Z, every time they ended a, a, an arc or a saga, the, they would take a break. You know, the show would just go away for a while. I don't think they're going to do that here because, well, the show is only 27 episodes in anyway. 
<laughs> so there would be no point in doing that. And I can't imagine that the ratings here are great considering most of the episodes haven't been that good. So it would only hurt them, I think, to take any sort of break here. So I'm sure next week we'll be back with a new episode. If not, then you guys can just assume that that's why there's no podcast episode. But as always, keep your eye on the Rock the Dragon podcast Facebook page uh, for updates on that. So, yeah, send me your emails. Head over to iTunes. Leave me a review. Please, please, please don't forget to check out the Asia Mania podcast. Uh, most recent episode features me as the guest. It's I'm on there for the entire two hours. So if you enjoy listening to me talk here, but you want to expand a little bit more into some of the other things I'm interested in, check out that episode. Uh, you, it should be a good listen for you. Uh, so I think that about does it, guys. So until next time for Rock the Dragon Podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater, and I will see you next time.